We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. What is going on, Colts Nation? Welcome back to another episode of Bring the Juice. Guys, a face that you haven't seen on this channel for a little over a week now. Uh, Cody, you're back, man. You're back home, uh, back from your honeymoon after getting married, man. Uh, congrats once again. Uh, how you feeling, man? Good, man. It's it's official. It's official. It's official. So. It's official. <laughs> so I'm doing well, man. I definitely missed the uh, Florida sunrise. Uh, and the Florida sunset, Florida weather, everything there. But nonetheless, yeah. it is good to be home, and it is good to be able to, you know, see family and you know a little bit here and Thanksgiving coming up. So it's been a very eventful couple months for me, <laughs> to say the least. So <laughs> it's been good, man. But uh, yeah, definitely feeling very blessed, very thankful. Uh, and also, I don't know if I was able to tell you, but appreciate you making the trip down to, to the wedding. I uh, really do appreciate. It. I know that's a long drive and. Colts were playing that day, and you made that sacrifice, so I appreciate that. But absolutely, um, yeah, brother. man. Overall, doing good, and uh, also, hey, it's a great week because we don't have to stress about the Colts um, about them <laughs> playing this week. So that's always a good thing. And <laughs> I, yeah. I always stress about the Colts. Doesn't even matter if they're not even playing. And I mean, it's <laughs> funny because that's what our video is about here. Uh, the Colts have won two weeks in a row, Cody, but uh, both of the two games that they've won. You know, there's been question marks about certain players amongst this Colts team, and we want to talk about two of them in particular here. First person that we're going to talk about because it's fresh on everyone's mind right now, and that is about uh, Shaq Leonard. That's been the big one, and everyone was talking about Shaq Leonard this year. Like, how is Shaq Leonard going to look going back into being you know what he said he's almost 100 percent healthy you know feeling a lot better how does uh that work for him and i think the more we keep going into it cody the more that we're starting to question some things about shaq leonard but i mean you've had a little bit stronger emotion about this than me uh why don't you just give me your quick thoughts on like the recent struggles that Shaq Leonard has seemed to have had. Yeah. So I guess I'll start here by saying, um, you know, it's interesting because the last two weeks, Shaquille Leonard, um, you know, and, and the plan to be fair, Gus Bradley even said the plan was to hopefully have him at hundred percent and getting the full amount of snaps at this point in time. Right. He said, November 
was kind of the goal. Um, so look, I understood, I understand from Shaq's perspective, like, Hey, you know, like you're paying me this amount of money. I'm only playing this certain amount of snaps and I'm only playing, I'm not playing on third downs and stuff, but also Derek, I understand why Gus Bradley's choosing not to do this. I, I completely understand because you look at Shaq Leonard and Derek, what was the biggest thing we said about Shaq Leonard? The reason why we said he's one of the best linebackers in the NFL. It was the splash plays, wasn't it? It was the turnovers. It was the you know tackles for loss. Those kind of things, just kind of bringing the juice, man. I mean, that, he was a big thing and a big reason why you know the name fit and it stuck for so long because he was the bringer of that juice on the defensive side of things. And you know, it's just kind of crazy because Derek, this was probably his. You know, and it wasn't like it was an injury or anything, but like on Sunday, he got a ton more snaps than EJ Speed. And you saw what he did, not once, but multiple times in that game, just whiffing, missing tackles, doing things that we're not used to seeing, man. We're just not used to seeing from that. And when you, you know, you can live with some of those things if he's also creating turnovers and doing stuff, but he's not even doing that, Derek. He's, he seems right now like a shell of him, former, his former self. And, and to be fair, you know, I was, I was listening to this shout out to, Kevin Bowen, I was listening to his podcast that he came out with on Monday. To be fair, Derek, this is a different defense than the defense he was initially drafted to be in, wasn't it? Yeah. Like he was drafted to be that Derek Brooks type of linebacker in the in the Matt Eberflus system. And I know it's not like completely changed, but it is different. The roles are different for the linebackers in Gus Bradley's system as opposed to what they were in Matt Eberflus's system. So, you know, he's not in the right system for what, you know, can utilize his roles. And to be honest, Derek, like, Let's be real. He's not even one of the top two best linebackers on this team right now. I mean, you would yeah. say Zaire and EJ Speed. Heck, I could argue Seguna Luby right now could be a better is a better linebacker than Shaq Leonard. And that's not, and I'm not like trying to over exaggerate, but like look what happened when he was on the field. He he made a turnover. He did more than Shaq Leonard's really done the entire year, just despite really only starting one game. So and looking at it like this, Derek, like you're paying him that amount of money that you're paying him. I haven't even looked at how much it is. I know it's one of the top linebackers in the NFL I right think now. He's in total dollar amount and most guaranteed he's the most in the league. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Yeah, so regardless of what it is, if it's the most in the league, if it's near the most in the league, he's getting paid like a top five linebacker, and he is not performing like a top five linebacker. So this is kind of the scenario where I look, Derek, where it's like, man, like it, just, it hurts to see because we all know what he's been, right? But at, unfortunately, the NFL is not forgiving. Like it just isn't. It's not a what did you do for me two, three years ago. It's what are you doing for me right now? 
And unfortunately with Leonard, he's not doing a whole lot. He's more of a liability out there than an asset. And, and I never thought we'd say that about him. And it's just very unfortunate that it's come to this point where now you look at him and you say, he needs to not be on the field. Like, which is just madness to even, if you would have told me that a couple of years ago, I'd have said, you're crazy. But that's kind of how far he's fallen. And unfortunately, that injury, I think, really started to set those things in motion. And it's just, it's really unfortunate with him. But Derek, I don't see a scenario, to be completely honest with you, where he's back next year. And I don't think the Colts owe him any money to come, you know, to come back. So I don't see a scenario where he's back, especially at the price, certainly, that he's getting paid. But also, like, you know, do the Colts do him a service and let him go play somewhere else that maybe better fits his skill? Um, because at least right now, and again, he still has seven games to change our mind. But yeah. right now, Derek, he is not looking like the Leonard of old. He just isn't. He's not making plays. And I would say, Derek, and you can correct me if I'm wrong, I'd say he's probably one of the worst players, starters, on defense right now, which is just wild to even think about. Yeah, very strange to say that the guy that three years ago, like you said, if he goes down, the entire defense goes down. And to think yeah. that that's the same dude to what he is now, very strange to say the least. I'll just say this. I know that a ton of people have been on Twitter and you and I have even discussed this where it's like the constant hearing from Shaq Leonard during the week talk about how frustrated he is with where he wasn't getting as many snaps a few weeks ago. Uh, mm -hmm. It started right before the Carolina game and, and we saw, you know, the last couple of weeks, the snaps come up and to Shaq's credit, uh, the tackle numbers have gone up. Uh, I think he's actually been the second leading tackler on the team after Zaire Franklin over the last several weeks, which is nice to see. That's what you want uh, Shaq Leonard to be. That's what he was when he came into the league. But like you said, once again, to piggyback off what you said, he was the number one linebacker in the NFL because he could make you turn the ball over like no one else in the NFL could. That was his biggest thing. He might have been smaller than some other guys. He may not have been as fast as some other guys. He may not have hit as hard as some other guys. But what he always was, was able to force turnovers and be consistent and be in the right place at the right time every single time. And the problem is, like you said, we're not seeing that now. We saw last week against New England, you know, that third down and eight, it was that screen pass, and Leonard read it perfectly, but still somehow missed the angle and proceeded to miss the tackle, and Ezekiel Elliott turned what would have been a one-yard loss into a 20-yard gain, uh, which resulted in New England getting points. And that's the issue, is it's costing you points now. And there's been a lot of different times where we've watched film where Shaq is just getting blown off the block, isn't getting around blocks like he used to. He seems to be out of position a lot of times now. And to your credit, I, I never even really thought about it. You're right. Like being in a slightly different defense now might not quite be the strength of Shaq Leonard. But here's the thing. When it comes to the complaining about time, 
I'm not going to be one of those people. I am not going to be a good segment of Colts social media and fans who will say this dude needs to stop complaining. I'm not going to do that because this is a guy that for his first three and a half years in the league, he was the elite of the elite. He was the best at what he does. And when you're coming off, even if you're coming off an injury and you are starving to be on the field every single play to make a play for your for your team, then ultimately I can understand the frustration of Shaq Leonard not getting the snaps. I can understand it completely. I'm not going to discredit how he feels. But at the same time, I will also admit that you're right. We're in a situation now you're paying him $20 million a year on average. You guaranteed him over $60 million. You know, you're at a point now where, like you said, he is the third linebacker on this team, which is crazy to think about, but he is. He's behind Zaire Franklin. Zaire Franklin is now what Shaq Leonard once was. Maybe not quite the player of forcing turnovers, but he's just but he's 100% the tackle machine, maybe even better of a tackler than Shaq Leonard ever was. And then EJ Speed is that guy, the guy that has the body, the frame, the speed, the size, the athleticism to cover in the open field. Like that's what he can do. And Shaq is the third linebacker now. So you're my issue is not if Shaq Leonard's going to be on the field or play for this team going forward, the issue is if you are going to allow him to be on the field going forward and be with this team, you have to fix this contract because if this is the production we're seeing out of Leonard now, and this is what he's going to continue to be, then yes, you have to fix that contract. If you want him to stick around because you cannot pay a guy $20 million a year, some of the highest contract money of a linebacker in the league to only be your third linebacker. And to Shaq's credit, again, he may, I, I'm starting to believe it, Cody, that he may never be the same. The, the injury may have taken its toll. He could still be a really good linebacker, but I don't know if he's going to ever be the Shaq Leonard that we saw when he was a rookie. Uh, I just don't know if we're going to see that anymore. And there's still time for him to fix it and make things better. But it definitely is a conversation that needs to be had. Yeah. And Derek, this might be harsh, but like at the same time, what have you drafted? Well, linebackers. So as much as it sucks, like you said, like if this is what he's going to give you, you got to get rid of that contract. You got to draft another linebacker and you've had success. Like you don't have to go with your first round pick. Heck, you probably don't have to go with your first two picks. You could get a linebacker, and yeah, they may not be what Shaq Leonard once was, but if he's not and you're paying him that amount of money, wouldn't it make sense to cut ties if, again, he doesn't want to take a pay cut or whatever? He's unwilling, right, and and just draft another linebacker. Like, it makes a lot of sense to me. And Derek, I mean, you look at the linebackers, the Colts actually have some pretty good linebackers uh, that are backing them up right now, right? I talked about Seguna Luby. He played pretty well in that Carolina game. Grant Stewart, more of a special teams guy. But, you know, he's whenever he's played, he's been racking up the tackles too. So, like, I feel pretty good about the linebacker core in general. So that's why it just is so, like, bizarre that, like, every linebacker is playing well except for Leonard. Like, it's crazy. It's literally, like, every linebacker that's played has succeeded and played very well. 
So I don't feel like there's this pressure like, okay, if you, you know, get rid of Leonard, if you trade him, if you cut him, whatever, like you have a massive hole there. Like you really don't. And you, you've, you've shown that you can at least draft linebackers. If you, you've struggled in certain positions, linebacker has not been one of them. So I feel very confident that Chris Ballard and company would find another linebacker that would play well, whether it's a day two, day three pick, something around those lines. And uh, I think, honestly, Derek, like we kind of said this with Jonathan Taylor, but I think here with Shaq Leonard, I don't really feel like he has a ton of leverage here with this. Like the Colts can cut it. Like they can. And I believe, correct me if I'm wrong, but I believe there's a caveat they have where they can cut him and have no, very little if none uh, uh, dead money after this year. So that definitely goes in their favor as well. So, yeah, it's going to be interesting to see how this whole thing plays out. With Shaq, I mean, obviously, we love Shaq. You know, he's been one of the best players for the Colts the last four or five years. But again, like, you know, if his production's not there and he's not willing to take a pay cut, I don't really see what choice you have, to be honest. You cannot, I, you know, no one is trading for Shaq Leonard with that with that contract. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Not so, that you contract, know, no. you know, if you're indie, you know, if you're indie, you're going to have to take some of it. Like, I mean, what did, I mean, there's plenty of teams that eat parts of contracts just to get send a player to another team. I mean, no doubt. I mean, if Indy has to t- eat a good chunk of the contract to have a team take him, then that's fine. You take your losses, but you can still, you know, still save a little bit of money in the future and then still be able to acquire something from, you know, acquire something from a, standpoint of maybe you know some draft compensation whatever it may be you know you could probably get a third round a second or third round uh pick out of Shaq Leonard at this point because somebody may think that he's worth it you know but and you know (laughs) I just don't see a point where Ballard says he's going to cut him I think Ballard is so stubborn that he will rather take the fact that he's just giving Leonard that money anyway uh, regardless, but I could be wrong, but I just don't see him cutting him. I'd well, see him trading him. If it comes to a scenario where nobody's willing to trade for him, he's not willing to take a pay cut. You may have no choice. You might have to cut him. Like, that's right. what I'm saying. Like it may come down to that and I hope it doesn't, but it might, because you cannot, whatever it is, if you eat a couple million or whatever it would be after this year of dead money, it's worth it. I think if you get out of that contract, right? Yep. Absolutely. I mean, it stinks that we're having to have this conversation. This really hurts because, you know, like, I mean, for me specifically, because I, I was, I'm such a big Shaq Leonard fan. Like, I mean, he, I have his Jersey. I I've been so in love with this guy for the Indianapolis Colts ever since he's gotten here. And, you know, to hear, to hear myself saying that, sentence now that the Colts might have to entertain the idea of letting him go is very it's rough because you know if we don't ever see the Shaq Leonard that we once were I mean remember Cody before his surgery we were talking about like if this guy continues what he's doing I mean statistically he was on the path to being one of the greatest linebackers of all time with his statistics the way he was his first four seasons but again, a lot more football to uh, work up, and then we'll see kind of how Shaq does throughout that time. But let's shift to another player here on the other side of the football, and we got to talk about Gardner Minshew. 
<laughs> you and I, you were texting me uh, a lot throughout the game. I think like I received three or four different text messages at the same time when Minshew threw that interception against uh, the Patriots in the second half. Every single one of them was saying. Minshew pisses me off. And it was, there was one from you. There was one from my friend, Josh. There was one from my brother, Mitchell and a few other people. So um, the thing is, Cody is we've, we knew what Minshew is. He has been a guy that, you know, has, he's a turnover magnet. You, You see it coming a lot more frequently now. But Cody, it feels like there's been a shift in Minshew over the last several weeks. Now, the first couple games that we saw where Minshew was playing, remember, against the Ravens, against the Jaguars, against the Browns, big numbers for Minshew. Had 230 yards passing, had 300 yards passing, had 300 yards passing, you know, had all these touchdowns. You know, he he, he was he was putting up big numbers. But in those games, accumulated, I want to say it was at least six or seven turnovers uh, in those three games just by himself. Uh, In the last two weeks, it has been apparent that he is really trying hard not to turn the ball over for Indy. I think in the last two games, has only turned the ball over twice. Uh, The one interception against uh, Carolina and then one interception against the Patriots. But now you're seeing a situation where he's being a lot more conservative with the football and the Colts offense is not moving the football well anymore. The last two weeks have been very apparent. We've scored two touchdowns in the last two weeks offensively, Cody. We've scored the same number of defensive touchdowns in the last two weeks as we have offensive touchdowns. And somehow we've been still able to win these games. Talk to me about what you've seen from Minshew. I know you didn't get to watch a ton of the uh, Carolina game, obviously, because you were getting married that day. But just from the stats and whatnot the last few weeks, what do you, what have you seen from Minshew? Yeah, I mean, I think you, you hit it on the head where, you know, it was like he was passing for a lot of yards. He was throwing for some touchdowns, but he was turning the ball over. And now we've almost seen him like, it's weird. Like he's almost like regressed in the way of like, okay, he's now trading, not turning the ball over for also not putting up any numbers. And so it's just a very odd thing. And the thing that's just baffling to me, Derek, from a guy that's played 30-plus games, he started 30-plus games in his career, he just looks extremely timid in the pocket. Like extremely timid for a guy that you would say is a you know pretty good veteran in this league that you would just not expect. Those are the things that, Derek, I've just been very surprised at like some of the things I thought were just kind of automatics with a veteran, you know, was number one, his ability in the pocket. And he's had, to his credit, he's had a couple plays where he scrambled around and made a play, right? I saw it a couple times against the Patriots in Germany. But also he has those things where I I almost call them like the happy feet. Have you ever seen that movie Happy Feet where they're they're always dancing around, like the penguins are dancing around? I I always hated that movie, but I don't know. That just reminded me of that. Oh, is it Happy Feet? He's always dancing around. Yeah. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, yeah, he was always dancing around, and, and it was almost, like, weird because it was like, Gardner, there's no pressure on you. Like, the offensive line played really well. They protected, and the Patriots didn't get a sack, but there was multiple times where Gardner Minshew literally pressured himself 
because he panicked. When there's threw any himself sort of, out of the pocket, even though there wasn't anyone. Yeah. There. Yeah, he didn't stay in the pocket and he didn't stand and deliver. And that's just something you expect. Like that situational awareness for him. And also, you know, in that Ravens game, like just a situational awareness of where Kyle Hamilton was. Like those have been the things that I've just been shocked about. You know, like he's just been very bad in that department. It's just a situational awareness from what you expect from a veteran. You know, like I just expect, like I know Phillip Rivers was on a different level, but like, just his his ability to be in the situational department made up for some of his lack of physical ability at time, especially, you know, pushing 40 at that point. And so, like, I didn't expect that kind of level, but I expected at least a competent level. And that's not what I've seen from Gardner Minshew. And it's just been very odd because it feels like it's been like, you know, people like to say, oh, the receivers didn't get open or the offensive line didn't play well. Derek, I don't know what probably you felt about the Germany game, but I felt like the offensive line played really well in pass protection, and I felt like the receivers bailed him out a couple times on some wild throws. You know, Josh Downs on that one wild throw that he had, um, he bailed him out on that. Pierce made a nice catch. You know, Pittman made a couple nice catches. You know, but it seems like it's been the last, especially last week, probably the last two weeks, it's been Gardner Minshew, and it's been him just doing really silly things that you just don't expect out of your veteran. Again, we know backup quarterback for a reason, but the reasons that he is struggling are not the reasons that I expected him to be struggling. So that is where it's very concerning for me is like, how can you go from throwing for 300 yards and multiple touchdowns to literally not being able to complete a pass or sustain the third down? Like, I don't get that, you know? Yeah, so it's just kind of weird how 300 yards against the best defense in the entire NFL looked like, yeah. looked like Patrick Mahomes out there throwing the football. And then the next two weeks against subpar defenses, he looks like he doesn't know how to throw a football. Every fan knows the right player in the right position can be a game changer. Put LifeLock between your identity and identity thieves to monitor and alert you to threats you could miss. Plus, with a U.S.-based restoration specialist on your team, you won't have to face drained accounts, fraudulent loans, or other losses from identity theft alone. All backed by the LifeLock Million Dollar Protection Package. Change the game on identity theft. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com aware. I know, and the Patriots were down multiple guys in this game, so it's just weird. And the plays were there to be made too. Like the receivers oh, yeah. were getting open. Um, you know, he just he was just missing guys. Like he missed Kylan Granson on that one pass. Where yeah, he probably should have come down with that, but that was like, but that on, was a, like you got to make that throw. But that's a throw where like Kylan Granson had no one around him, no one. Yeah. So yes, you could argue Kylan Granson should have made the catch because it's situational awareness on Kylan. Hey, just catch the ball. Don't try and get the rack afterwards. Just catch the ball. But in that circumstance, when you have a tight end who it has no one within 10 yards of him, you should be able to make that throw and put it on the money, not a back shoulder throw where it, it as if he's covered, he wasn't even covered. Like, that was the problem you've seen the last couple weeks has been it's not been the throws that he's it's not been for me the pocket presence and and him doing donuts and doing the cha-cha in the in the uh freaking 
huddle, it, it that to me is not the worry most worrisome thing. It's just the fact that there have been so many throws where he just missed, where it's just been like, if he's a little bit more accurate here, a little bit more accurate here, if Isaiah McKenzie doesn't have to jump to go and get the ball on a screen pass and could have possibly broken a tackle because he would have had the chance to actually go up the field rather than uh, having to jump up, get it, and then see where everybody is, then those are the kinds of throws that you're talking about. Like there's missed opportunities there because Gardner was so inaccurate. And that's the problem. And I get it. Cody, you and I are never going to win this battle when it comes to a, a lot of people who say our receivers can't get separation. Our receivers can't get separation. Dude, I know not everyone watches film. A, a vast, vast, vast majority of people do not watch film. But Cody, I mean, I, I get people who send me clips all the time. I mean, Zach Hicks says it. A bunch of other people say it. Our receivers are open three or four times a game where Minshew just misses them. He doesn't run through his reads and he just misses it. Alec Pierce specifically is open three or four times a game where he is wide open and Minshew just doesn't look to his side of the field. Like it's truly remarkable. And even when, I mean, again, you talk about last week, I mean, Michael Pittman literally had, over half the targets uh, talk about only favoring one man. Right. I mean, clearly Josh Downs was uh, limited, you know, and did whatever the heck he could with that limited, yeah. you know, knee injury. Thankfully, you know, here going into the bye week it's great that, you know, he's going to be able to get more rest. He's going to be able to get more uh, rehab on that. So, you know, this is a great week for the Indianapolis Colts to recover from their injuries. It's just, it's so frustrating because he looks like he shifted into a new quarterback because he's afraid of costing his team the game while at the same time he's doing it just the other way now. And it's just so frustrating watching because like you said, just him just doing all these fancy moves and it's just, it makes you really appreciate Anthony Richardson more because I mean, even in the times we saw in the Rams game, Cody, even when Anthony Richardson was getting absolutely walloped by Aaron Donald half the time, still making 35-yard throws down the field to Alec Pierce because he's just that God-given talented, you know? And that's what obviously hurts is, you know, you go from that to, you know, what we're seeing now where you have a quarterback that can't even throw an accurate pass 20-plus yards down the field. He either overthrows everybody or isn't accurate or just does donuts in the pocket. And, you know, and the offensive line was not bad uh, against the Patriots. I mean, there was clearly a few times he got pressured, but nothing that warranted what he looked like. He looked like a rookie quarterback that got scared of his own shadow. Like literally, he, he looked like a rookie quarterback that didn't know what he was getting himself into. But it's like, that's yeah. so he strange like, even from a guy who's played in 50 games. Yeah, He looked like what a lot of people said Anthony Richardson was going to look like. Like, it's very odd that the quarterback that was the rookie quarterback that, that they brought in, who was labeled as a project, who was labeled as inaccurate, who was labeled as just, you know, needing more experience 
looked more poised and more accurate than a guy, like you said, who's played in 50 games, started 30. Like, it's just very strange. And that's why I said it's just strange the ways that he is screwing the offense over. Like, it's just like you just don't expect – like, you don't expect the over-the-top, but, you know, like Richardson provided, but you expect efficient and accurate and stuff like that, and that's just not what he's been. And I honestly think, Derek, you've seen the last couple of weeks when he's kind of been reverting back and just has not been doing a whole lot. I mean, teams have just been teeing up on the running game, and the running game hasn't been as efficient. Because teams know Gardner Minshew is not going to push the ball down the field. And even if he tries, he's not going to hit his guy. So I think that also is another thing as well. It's like he's making the offense so much less predictable, uh, you know, or so much more predictable than they were with Anthony Richardson. And even when he was pushing the ball down the field, look how efficient they were against, like he said, the number one pass defense and the number three run defense. So like when he actually does his job, like, if he could do what he did in the Browns game without the turnovers, that's perfect. But again, like it's, it's, if it's not one thing, it's the other, it seems with him. So just very frustrating with Gardner Minshew. But again, Derek, I, I, I made a post on X the other day. Unfortunately, with a guy like Gardner Minshew, who is limited, that's, it's going to limit your offense because he's a limited quarterback. And that's just kind of how going to be how it is. But hopefully they can get some semblance of a passing game going because Derek, you just hit a really easy stretch back-to-back weeks in your schedule, and you got Tampa Bay, who was a lot better than a lot of people thought, you know, coming into town in a couple weeks. So you definitely got to be on your toes. If you have an offensive performance like you did then, uh, it could get a little ugly if that happens again. So it's going to be interesting nonetheless. But, uh, yeah, man, Gardner Minshew's just got to be better. Yeah, I don't expect him to be Anthony Richardson, but he's got to be better than he's been the last couple weeks. Yeah, I mean, you you said it. I mean, they're they're facing the Buccaneers coming into town soon, and you know, say what you want about the Buccaneers, their defense plays really freaking hard, and they really do a good job of stopping the run. Uh, you got the Bengals coming into town, and and the Bengals are an offensive juggernaut. That Steelers defense, that's no freaking joke. Uh, and when you talk about the Raiders, I mean, say what you want again about the Raiders. They've won two in a row uh, for the first time in a while, and. And they've got new heart and the Texans. I mean, again, at the end of the year, the Texans who are fighting for everything right now, this is not the same Texans team that we saw week two. What we saw was just the beginning and they're a completely different team now. And CJ Stroud is on on a whole nother level. So, you know, like you said, the schedule is not, the schedule is not favorable as we would love to have it. I mean, there's definitely plenty of winnable games here. Only if Gardner Minshew can actually throw the ball for 200 yards in a game and actually be semi-competent. Now, I mean, let's just finish this with the question. Everyone wants to know, do you do you bench Gardner Minshew for Sam Ellinger at this point? I don't think so. I mean, people act like we haven't seen Sam Ellinger. Like, I know we haven't seen it with Shane Steichen. But Derek, I mean, we we saw him. There's a reason he was a six-round pick. Like, if you think Gardner's limited, Sam's probably just as limited. <laughs> um, and, you know, I know there's a lot of people that still love Sam Ellinger. I mean, I wouldn't at this point because Gardner's actually shown that he can do some things. But I know it's kind of been a tough stretch for him, but probably not. It's hard to see the Colts actually do that because, I mean, let's be honest, Gardner's Shane's guy. Like, Shane brought him in, you know, from Philadelphia where he was with him for two years. So, it's hard for me to see unless something catastrophic happens where he is just literally the worst quarterback in the league. And, you know, if he continues to struggle like he's struggled, and even worse, 
okay, maybe then if you're like, he is the sole reason this team is not doing anything offensively. Okay. Maybe, but like, I have a hard time seeing that. I think he will bounce back. I mean, I don't think it's going to be crazy, but like, I think he's going to be better than he's been the last couple of weeks. So probably not if I'm guessing. Yep, absolutely. But that's going to do it for this one, guys. Uh, this was just a mix of like different topics that you guys have talked with us on socials about wanting to talk about. Feel free to leave in the comment section some more topics, uh, what you guys would love to hear us talk about, more content coming. Obviously, we're going to continue to keep doing what we're doing because, you know, even though I'm a fan from, you know, outside the state of Indiana, I can still be a fan of the Indianapolis Colts because you know what? I choose to. All right. So yeah, uh, right. shout out to what, well, I don't know whoever the heck his name is on X. Uh, obviously, you know, got his account taken down now. Uh, all things are right in the world. <laughs> um, but anyway, uh, that's going to do it for this one, guys. Thank you so much for tuning in. Greatly appreciate all the support. And as always, guys, no Colts. You need parts? O'Reilly Auto Parts has parts. Need them fast? We've got fast. No matter what you need, we have thousands of professional parts people doing their part to make sure you have it. Product availability. Just one part that makes O'Reilly stand apart. The professional parts people. Oh, 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 O'Reilly.